Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 3 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Night Bus. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please... Follow along and tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc. Um, illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, you can check out the website website for guidelines. Um, and also, or like hit us up on Twitter or email us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com. Um, love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons just lying around, please consider donating to BGNO. We have a lot of dope things we want to do and we need your help. Um, if you go to blackgirlsnerdout.com forward slash donate, you can find out all of the ways we take donations. And um, if you were following us last week during our anniversary two week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, you can see some of the ideas and some of the things that we have planned, um, our, our theme for this blog year because we have a different year um is shoot your shots so we're shooting our shots um we also have wizard wizard team merch um you can go to teespring.com forward slash wizard team um or go to our website and click the merchandise tab um it's on teespring so make sure to get yours soon before the campaign ends um we're doing this a couple like you know like we usually do it a couple days before it actually goes out so i did not do the math in how much time i you have. think you have about 12 days something left like that to order and um if we get enough i think if we get about i think it's 20 20 more people no 18 um, more people sorry 20 18 total. more yeah if we get about 18 more people then um we will have our shirts um and then if not we'll figure out the next merch plan but right now you guys on our survey that you filled out you said teespring and that's what we're doing so come on guys help us out um (laughs) also make sure to subscribe to our newsletter every week or so we share nerd news and links to what's been going on so if you want to be in the know be sure to subscribe go to blackgirlsnerdout.com and there's a subscription link um follow us at we black and nerds like us on Facebook at Black Girls Nerd Out. Um, join our Wizard Team Facebook group. Um, send us your email address um, in whatever way you want. Private message is probably best for you. Um, and then we'll <laughs> add you. Um, we've been having some really awesome conversations on there about... Sometimes it's just about stuff that we talk about on the podcast um, that we just have a little bit more like space to kind of discuss um, in terms of like character limit and stuff. Um, and sometimes it's just stuff people bring up and it's awesome. Um, yeah, like, um, we had someone, my friend Christy, um, that I actually know in real life bring up, uh, sorting and, you know, she took a sorting quiz and we have to rehash all of that pain all over again. Um, we've talked about, you know, half giants and how that works. Someone like literally was like in Gorgio Reducio charm. And I was like, oh, it's still oh it's that's smart and probably like (laughs) and and yes but also i'm still like 
skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm after curious we... how how much <laughs> Joe thought this through. It's yeah, and after what it is, as I want, after I we um, thought process, then like what we can like what we can come up with is lit is cool. Yeah, but also like when she decided that that was a thing. Did she think it all the way through or not? I think she she pulled like a Lin Manuel Miranda and was like, it was funny, so I had to do it. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know about like my shot when or he's like, you punched the birther, mm-hmm. and he was like, it was, it was just a dope joke, and I had to do it. Like it didn't happen in right. real life, but it was dope. And I was like, yeah, it was a dope joke. Like <laughs> you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably gonna have a lot of. Uh, feelings going on after this chapter and someone on Twitter brought up the f- <laughs> I was leaving Harry on the co- I'm so mad I'm like he left a baby on a stoop in October and said peace out did do that on the f- in the first chapter of this series Literally that we have hours after his Parents were murdered, but yep. His parents, hours after his parents were murdered, right before the start of a decade of abuse and neglect, um, he couldn't get a warm bed and some love. He couldn't get loved on before they left him with the we- with the Dursleys for the Hagrid next decade. For, for those hours. No, he had a Hagrid on a bike. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing number took- right now. Okay. Okay. I was I don't like, agree. I'm just saying. What we're not gonna do <laughs> is pretend like that that thirty minute or however long uh, it totally motorcycle wasn't ride. Okay. It totally wasn't. He was tripping. Like he had some blankets and he was like, Oh, and you can carry the letter like you're an owl. Like, come on, Albus. Like And he didn't even ring the doorbell. He didn't. Petunia woke up in the morning to to a package that was a person. Mm-hmm. So rude. So rude. Um, we'll be talking about that on our Facebook group, so make sure <laughs> that you join. <laughs> because, yeah, character limits do not... They don't work well with all the feels I have about that. So... Um, Potter fandom news. Um, yes. The sales of the Harry Potter books have doubled or doubled last year after the um, Sorcerer's Stone Illustrated Edition release. Um, I think Robin tweeted that out from our blog... Like what's today? Today's Friday, so last Friday. Um, <laughs> if you want to like actually read the article about it, it's kind of tight. Also, it's a reminder to um, pre-order your Chamber of Secrets um, illustrated editions, yep. which come out in October, I believe. Um, yeah, I need to do that too. I also need to like ship my Sorcerer's Stone from um, home to here because I miss all my books, especially my Harry Potter ones. Um, but you have all of no, the I paperback have, ones, no, right? I have Chamber of Secrets, oh. Prisoner of Azkaban, Half-Blood Prince. I tried to bring all of them, and my suitcase was like, nah. Because I'm reading Half-Blood Prince, and then we were in the middle of Chamber of Secrets when I moved, and I needed Prisoner of Azkaban because I knew... So a long time ago, long, long, that. long time ago, a long time ago, I wrote this uh, blog post about how libraries matter, and... Um, Why would I go to the library was like, for Fuck that noise. my Harry Potter books when I have two copies of each? Because you don't have them right now. The point I don't need them to read right the second. I just need them in my vicinity. Because I can't read them all at the same time. I just need them like around. Not to read, just to be in to just to be. Just to be. Yeah. So that's different. I get that. Library books can't do that because I have to give them back after a certain number of days. I just need them in my space. Yeah. 
book nerds, Understood. man. Sometimes you just have to like breathe in the Sometimes essence of books. Sometimes you just gotta do it. You don't yeah. actually like need to read them. They just need, you just need to see that they're there. Um, and that's I'm, what I need right I'm, now. I'm, tr- I'm doing uh, air quotes because you can't see these, but I'm cleaning <laughs> my apartment right now. And I spent a good 20 minutes, like I always do, rearranging my books. No. All the shit on the floor, so still on the floor. Every time I'm, so I'm in my, still there. In my room <laughs> that I like only half moved out of, like I li- literally only brought like two suitcases of clothes and a couple other things with me to Chicago and then my like room back in my mom's house is like the same as it was before um but in that room I have I like ran out of bookshelf space so I have like this like space in between my bed and my closet where I have books lined up on the wall um and they're like in they're like um organized by like genre and then they're alphabetical by author last name within that um and so and so my Mom Mine right are organized by height. <laughs> That's nice. And my dad was like moving things around. I was like, that doesn't go there. And he was like, but this is, and he was doing alphabetical. I was uh, like, no, daddy, they're organized by, I think at that point they were organized by, um, by emotion hmm. with happiness to sadness. And then I reorganized them by height. And he was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, so it's many important. things. It's important. And also, the, so the thing so is, is like, it's so like relaxing to do that. Like I actually organized it the way that it's organized now like, right after I graduated, um, because I was, like, I was getting, because at school, I was an English major, as you probably all know, because I've mentioned it before, but, like, I had, like, every semester I had to buy, like, at least 30 books, and so I just had hella books, and they would just be everywhere, because it was, like, oh, I, I finished this one, I gotta pick up another one, and it was just kind of, like, not organized, and so when I graduated, I was, like, okay, let me just sit, I took, like, a, like, a couple hours, and I, like, took all my books out of my shelves, off like everywhere that I had them in my room and then I just like put them in stacks and I actually got an Instagram picture of it on my Instagram because <laughs> I was really excited about it but um and then I like organized them so anyway so my mom will like have someone come and clean the house like every once in a while because she's oh, like she's like really into like she hates it like when it's messy even when it's not really that messy she's like she has a thing. So, but they want to come make in us and, pre-clean. Yeah, no, she would make clean. us do that too. She was like, make yeah. sure you get your, and I'm like, you know what? I get it. It's your space. Do you. But so what they would do when they clean the floor is they would move the books and then put them back. And but like, they wouldn't do it right. And I didn't want to, and I don't want to, comp- and I would never want to complain because I'm like, you're cleaning my room. So like, obviously like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is a super first world problem. And so yep. I would be trying not to complain, but I'd come home and I'd look at my books and be like, what's going on here? This is not <laughs> correct. And I'm confused. And now I have to do the whole thing over again. And I'd start off annoyed and then I'd like end really relaxed because like I went through the process again of like organizing them. Um, I'm actually now thinking about I, that's like one of my doing favorite it all over things again. is organizing. It is one. Of, it is. It is. Like as I live in spreadsheets and like, I mean, I found the like the shortcut of like how to um, sort it alphabetically or whatever. But sometimes I just need I just need to organize it. <laughs> like sometimes I just need to manually do it because we it's were so relaxing. okay. We're on a tangent, we but we'll we'll close tangent. out with this. We'll close out with this. We were um, going through notes and stuff, and um, I was like, I need to reorganize like our folder. Oh yeah, and she was, was like, Oh no, mess. let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but I want to do it. And she's like, but I don't have anything to do. And I was like, I, I do have things that I should be doing. I was okay, sitting there like, I was, I was just like, I had nothing to do. And I was, and I was like, I get, I need something to do. And then I was looking through our folder and I, and both of mess. us were just like, this is a mess. And I can't find anything. <laughs> and what is happening? 
and then yeah I'm really happy that I got to do that <laughs> I'm um, a little bummed but yeah I'm also happy that it's, it's done yeah because it, it's 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 so much better so we say all that to say make sure you pre-order those books um, <laughs> Chamber of Secrets Illustrated Edition Ooh, comes out book nerds do that oh um, man also we black and nerds yeah <laughs> but also Sounds yes um, so also um, number the number four Privet Drive set has opened um, for the first time in London we gotta get our week, tickets we do need to get our tickets why is this gonna cost so much money but I'm really excited and it's gonna be worth it um, but we have to like get we, you have to like register I know. I know cause it's not like you can just show up of course not we're not gonna do logistics of our London trip on air <laughs> Okay. That's what we're not going to do. But I know, you're correct. Um, I mean, I felt, so yeah, so we have to figure, we'll most likely be there. You'll see pictures. We're gonna oh, be I just gave myself a panic attack. Wizard team. Wizard team gang signs outside of number four perfect drive. Um, also, was there something else? Oh, I was just going to show up. I was before that because we mentioned London and us going to do Harry Potter things. I just want to like throw the ultimate, all of the shade, all of it. At my younger sister, who is oh. went to grad night last weekend, um. aka this weekend where we're talking about it, and then oh. is going to go ahead send us a video talking about, hey, look where I'm at. I'm at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and then and we then send her ghost. all these, and then ghosts, ghosts, literally ghosts. That's all she sends. And then we're like, hey, why don't you get me some things? Hey, why don't you? Can you can you give me something, please? Um, where are you at, Kara? What's going on? What's going on? And then the next day talking about, oh, I didn't read any of your any of your text messages no, and no, 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 no. didn't get said, you nothing didn't get you nothing and said oh yeah i was out, i was trying to have like fun and find my friends well bitch you didn't need to send us that video what she expect was gonna what happen. you should have done she, she don't even what you should have done she was over here talking about she was talking about and then oh, she's talking about i can't wait to we gotta go back i can't wait to go back with you guys we gotta go we who we who we who you moved to Chicago all of a sudden your sister don't know you no more like this don't make no sense she, what she should have done and could have done was nothing she could have texted us like oh by the way I didn't text you at the time because I knew I didn't have the time and I'm gone now I'm hundreds of thousands of miles away from this place again so even if you are going to be salty you can't do nothing about it I went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter what she did not need to do was send us a video while she was there and then pretend like she don't get our text messages. You started this thread. You started this conversation, okay? I was fine. I was living I my was truth. Chilling. I was watching I was Food chilling. Network. I was watching the kids baking right? championship, man. I was chilling. Chilling. Minding my own I was business. watching Star Trek. I was on the Enterprise. Me and Captain Picard were chilling. All of a sudden. All right? All of a sudden, you at, at oh, look World at me. Potter. Mm, I had a uh, cousin and sister like we wouldn't freak out I had butterbeer and it was good what is this what is this what you even know about butterbeer because you ain't read the but, books right? ain't even read the books just disrespect. ain't even not man one of just them disrespect that was Potter that was Potter fandom news that you needed to know just so you know it's it getting was real out here in these streets <laughs> Um, These witches ain't loyal, no, is what I'm saying. They never been. Ain't and if she ain't never, if she, if she ain't, she she's slithering now. She's slithering, sorted. Not even that. That bitch a mugwumple. <laughs> what is that? Mugwumple. What is a mugwumple? 
I don't know, but that's what your sister is. <laughs> Mugwumple. You just made that up. What is that? Rude. What is a Mugwumple? Okay. Um, what is it called? Isn't it a Mugwumple? I don't think so. I don't think anything is a Mugwumple. I swear that's one of the houses, like. No. And Elmer Marnie, it's not Mugwumple. All right. It may start with an M, but I don't think it's Mugwumple. There's like a Wumple. It's something Wumple, like W M P. L-E. I don't remember. Okay, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but I'd that's what your that sister is. We could probably go back to a couple episodes and figure it out, but I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, last we don't thing, have to go there, but that's what your sister is. Yeah. Um, last thing. So there was, there was a tweet. Somebody asked um, Joe on Twitter if the cursed child would make us cry. And she said that if we didn't, then they would check. They would send someone to check your, our vitals or something. I don't know. I don't have the tweet like up in front of me right now. But basically... We're going to have a lot of feels when we go see The Cursed Child, which I kind of expected because I feel like I'm going to get there. It's like when you, it's like, it's almost like the premiere of like one of the movies where you get there or like specifically the last movie and you get there and there's like all Mm -hmm. these emotions. And even though like nothing's happened yet, you're already like freaking out. I feel like that's what it's going to be like. So um, the question was, will the the Cursed Child make me cry? And she responded, if it doesn't, we'll be checking your vital signs. Lean Cuisine, which, that's an amazing Twitter name, but sure, um, said, why are you like this? Which is questions we all have. And she said, I'm a writer. If you're not feeling, I'm not doing it right. That's true. So, I need to put that up true, on my wall. But Somewhere. also, you know, we kind of talked about this. I don't know if we should really go into it now, but like the things, Mugwumple, coming out of Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, I'm like... I'm trying not to be too, like, worried about the cursed child. Yeah, and, I, and the thing is, it's like, and I'm not worried of the about, world. Fanta- like, Fantastic Beasts as a movie is most likely going to be really good. It's more just, like, yeah. all the, the stuff that gets created around it. Yes. That I'm worried about, and so I feel like it's kind of the same with Cursed Child in a way. Like, I feel like with the cursed child, it's... Well, one, she said she was never doing a sequel again, and then here she is doing a sequel. But, um, but I think she keeps saying it's not a sequel, but it basically is. Um, so it's just kind of like adding on, and especially this one specifically, like, Fantastic Beasts is in, within the Wizarding World, but it's not, like, Harry Potter specific, and so, like, with the Cursed Child being Harry Potter specific, and then, like, what, what, how is it gonna add to the canon, or take away from the canon, or, like, do some shit that's unnecessary, um, is a big question. And yeah. I'm just trying to stay excited about it because we bought these tickets and we're going to London. And, like, I mean, I think the experience overall is going to be great. Um, but, yeah, just in terms of, like, the canon and, like, the retconning of stuff is going to be an interesting thing to think about. Talking about things that should be retconned. No, we're not doing that because this is a Harry Potter podcast, <laughs> not a Marvel podcast. But some things just, you know... Need to not happen. Need to... And you know what? And even when you know that you know, you read it and you're like, they're going to retcon this. This is a, this isn't the full thing. You're still like, but why did you, why? Yeah, exactly. But. Hashtag not my cap. Now. Now. Let's get into chapter three. Chapter three, the night bus. Woo. The night bus. Um, so... Let me tell you, the shade is real. Previously, on Wizard Team, <laughs> Aunt Marge didn't have no fucking chill, and 
That's that why clip. she is blown up into a big balloon, bouncing up and down in the kitchen of she the got ejected. Perfect Drive, up on the ceiling and can't get down. Expelled from the um, game. Harry had enough, which makes sense, understandably. And he was like, you know what? I'm out. Grab all my stuff. I'm... Deuces. Chucked them. Yep. Removing myself from the situation. And now he is wandering around a little whinging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is kind of goes back to what I was talking about when like you get so mad that you start to see red. Mm-hmm. I think I told that story about like how I got in the car and then when I calmed down I was like, why mm-hmm. did I get into? A- <clears throat> wow, that wasn't a smart idea. Um, Harry was several streets away before he collapsed onto a low wall in Magnolia Crescent. I have no idea. I think it's a it's a street or it's like well yeah a neighboring. But, um, we don't we don't really have like a map of Little Winging, so no. we don't know how far. But it's he's he's pretty close. He's put some distance between himself and um, Privet Drive. Um, he claps onto a low wall in Magnolia Crescent, panting from the effort of dragging his trunk. After ten minutes alone in the dark street, a new emotion overtook him. Oh wait, he was still angry, anger surging through him, listening for listening to the frantic thumping of his heart. But after 10 minutes alone in the dark street, a new emotion overtook him. Panic. He was stranded quite alone in the dark muggle world with absolutely nowhere to go. Sorry. Um, And the worst of it was that he had done serious magic, which meant that he was almost certainly expelled from Hogwarts. He had broken the decree for which for the restriction of underage wizardry so badly, he was surprised the Ministry of Magic representatives weren't swooping down on him where he sat. Um, I want to stop there and just say, like, when, before you're 11, right, like, they're, they're doing, like, he was doing these weird things mm-hmm. that what, you know, we talked about this, like, this unable to control your magic and, like, what happens in the moment. And this is definitely one of those it's one of those Unable moments to that control I think... your magic moments Oops. where you should have more control, right? You're of the age where, like, I'm going to use this. This is not, like, the best analogy. I realize that. Please don't get all up in my mentions about it. But it's what I got right now. Um, there are, like, degrees of murder, right? There's, like, first-degree murder. It's like, you planned that out. You knew what you were doing. Really you were going for analogy, it. But... I know, but it's it's what I got right now. (laughs) Then there's, like, second-degree murder or something, where it's like, you could have stopped it, but yeah. And then there's, like, manslaughter, which is, like, you were in the moment, you had no intention of doing this, but the shit went down, and it went left, and then, you know, you did this, you you killed someone, and you got to pay. Yeah, they're dead. You got to pay somehow, but, like, the idea of manslaughter and first-degree murder, there's, like, a big... There's leaps there, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like, checking in and, like, plotting and trying to get away with it or whatever. Um, and in terms of, like, magic, this is, like, when he, um, in the movie, when he's sitting there trying to do his homework and being, like, Lumos Maxima, Lumos Maxima, like, that is just flaunting mm-hmm. the decree of underage oh, wizardry, no right? No type of sense. When him and Ron decided to get in that goddamn car last year, like, they didn't give a hoot about any of the rules. Mm-hmm. This was being pushed to a point that he lost control. And yes, he, he should he's old enough and that's not an excuse, but it's a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
And I think and it's, I think for him he a little bit of self uh, defense too. Yeah, <laughs> totally, a, totally. You know? And I think for him he's just I don't think he's really clear um, on like. Cause like he hasn't read the decree for the restriction of underwear's wizardry, um, other than like uh, like the only thing he knows about it is that wizards aren't supposed to do magic in front of muggles. You know what I mean? So it's not like he knows the minutia and like the actual like points of like what, um, like what constitutes as like a violation and what doesn't. Um, I also think that like after what happened last year with Dobby, like he's I'm sure he's afraid because they weren't even able to tell that it wasn't him who did it. They just knew that magic yeah. happened in, like, the house that he lived, but they weren't be, they weren't able to differentiate between, like, who actually caused it and who didn't. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he's like, well, obviously I did it this time. They're, they have... So I feel like it's not, like... While, yes, he didn't mean to do it, and in terms of, like, intention and on his side, he's totally in the right. In terms of, like, the ministry, it's not totally clear whether they're actually, like take that into account i mean we find out later it's fine but like in this moment i think his feelings are valid in terms of like just the interactions that he's already had with the ministry because of that if that makes sense yeah well i mean and i and i do understand his his worry right like we like the entire second book is like Ginny worrying about something and we're all like this isn't your fault Mm -hmm. um but still being worried about being in trouble and and not recognizing or not being confident that the adults around will understand the nuance of what happened. And I think that's what Harry's doing right now. Just like, it's very black and white to him, right? Like, I blew up Marge. I did it. Mm-hmm. That's against the rules. Um, and as we'll see a little bit later, it's like, things are gray. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you know, that's a post, I will. I'm that's something I was writing that out. But anyway, um, it's just something that's kind of interesting because he's so worried about it. But I still feel very much like you. You weren't. You weren't really in the right headspace to not have that happen. Right. He wasn't, he, it wasn't intentional and intention matters to me a lot. No, no, no. I think intention um, matters, but I also think that, like, I mean, who knows? You know, the ministry, the ministry is not all that, like, competent and whatever. So it's like, if they, if he did get in trouble, we'd be mad. Yeah. Um, and rightfully upset, but I do think that his worry isn't, because I think if it was also, the other thing is, like later when we find out if it had been anyone else they probably would have gotten in trouble yeah so that's true. the other thing um, yeah and i and i think um like we had said about and i mean it even um, comes back up again in in order of the phoenix like when fudge is trying to get them for the de- get him for the dementors and he even mm-hmm. brings up this incident even though he pardoned him like in this chapter he like yeah. brings it up again like this is you know what i mean so it's a, it's a it's, pattern yeah of so it's definitely like it's definitely, like, the fact that it's him, but then it's also the moment, and there's, like, a lot of things that kind of factor into it that wouldn't factor in if he was, like, a regular-ass person. Yeah, so, Harry shivered and looked up and down Magnolia Crescent. What was going to happen to him? Would he be arrested? Would, or would he simply be outlawed from the wizarding Can world? Can they do that, though? 
Like, I know, right? I have a <laughs> You can here. never come into the wizarding world ever again. Yeah. I feel like that's not a thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. You said you had I'm trying to read this note, oh. but I can't. But, because I decided to write and, like, can you see this, like, neon green? Ooh. Why did I do that? Why? It, was, it was cute. <laughs> it was cute. Um, but I think that note is similar to what I just said about, like, defense and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he thought of Ron and Hermione and his heart sank even lower. Ron and Hermione would want to help him, but they were both abroad. And with Hedwig gone, he had no means of contacting them. He didn't have any muggle money either. There was a little wizard gold in the money bag at the bottom of his trunk, but the rest of the fortune his parents had left him was stored in a vault at Gringotts Wizarding Bank in London. He'd never be able to drag his trunk all the way to London unless he looked down at his wand. He was still clutching in his hand. If he was already expelled, his heart was now thumping painfully fast. A bit more magic couldn't hurt. He had the invisibility cloak he inherited from his father, what if he bewitched the trunk to make it feather light, tied it to his broomstick, covered himself in the cloak, and flew to London? Then he could get the rest of his money out of his vault and begin his life as an outcast. It was a horrible prospect, but he couldn't sit on this wall forever, and he'd find himself trying to explain to or he'd find himself trying to explain to Muggle police why he was out in the dead of night with a trunk full of spell books and a broomstick. So as far as plans go, it's not terrible. Like there's definitely Mm-mm. some holes. But it's also like he's thirteen. His jump, his his brain already jumped, and it's, it it kind of shows. It's it shows from it shows <laughs> both in him being like completely unprepared, but then also mm-hmm. his plan being like really big. Like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fly to London and I'm gonna get my stuff and I'm gonna be an outlaw. Like, dude, you went from you were Zero down to here. Your your level, man. You just leveled up like hell. Calm down. <laughs> just calm down a little bit. Um, like, but so, it also is kind of really funny because it is him being thirteen again. Like, well, I already broke one rule. Might as well so break the rest. Balls to the wall, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I already did it. I'm gonna so, be an outcast. It's might really as well. Funny. Um, um. Yeah. So he opens his trunk and um, looks for the cloak. Um, but before he found it, he straightened up suddenly, looking around him once more. A funny prickling on the back of his neck had made Harry feel he was being watched. But the street appeared to be deserted and no lights shone from any of the large square houses. Um, he bent over his trunk again, but almost immediately stood up once more, his hand clenched on his wand. He had sensed rather than heard it. Someone or something was standing in the narrow gap between the garage and the fence behind him. He squinted at the back alley at the black alleyway. If only it would move, then he'd know whether it was just a stray cat or something else. Lumos, he he muttered. Um, So he held his wand high over his head, and the pebble-dashed walls of number two suddenly sparkled. The garage door gleamed, and between them, Harry saw, quite distinctly, the hulking outline of something very big with wide, gleaming eyes. Are you serious? Is it getting serious? Are we seriously about to do this right now? Because I'm seriously excited. I'm so excited. Like seriously, seriously. See, I can't even be mad that he scared him. And I think the other thing is that in like the movies, which like fuck movies always, they have they have serious like growl and like bark and like attack. Which is like, what are you doing? That makes no sense. (laughs) Like, be cool. And I I just see this as like serious 
being there and trying to get like a good look at him and he looks That's so much like James. That is what he's trying to do. And he just do. is like, he's like Literally, basking in like... Because you know how no, I do. I got, I know, I got I know. textual Let's not do evidence. This. I got receipts. I know that... I know that's what he's doing. I'm excited. I know. I know. We know. But I just want to okay. read. But I just want to read the. But we'll, we'll get there. No, but in it's so nice. Weeks. But they're so nice, though. I would also like to apologize for the fright I think I gave you that night last year when you left your uncle's house. I had only hoped to get a glimpse of you before starting my journey north, but I think the sight of me alarmed you. So nice. <laughs> because he's seriously the best godfather. <laughs> I love him. He's my favorite. He's my favorite in this chapter. He's my favorite always. I'm crying. <laughs> You're actually crying. Okay. Oh okay. <laughs> when keeping it real gets real. Uh, we had some tears of the there. He's so sweet. He didn't even do anything. Um, he was just sitting there. He was just sitting there. That's all. Thinking about the good old days mm-hmm. and his first broomstick. Because Harry's carrying his meat. He's like, I gave you your first broomstick. You know what I mean? Are you crying now too? No, but still. Oh, okay. Only because only I'm, I'm crying on the inside. I just don't have I'm any in this actual alone. tears. <laughs> um, Harry stepped back. His legs hit his trunk and he tripped. His wand flew out of his hand as he flung out an arm to break his fall. Don't do that. You might break your leg or arm. Um, there was a deafening <laughs> like, bang. <laughs> yeah, um, his wrist. There was a deafening bang and Harry threw up his hands to shield his eyes against a sudden blinding light. With a yell, he rolled back onto the pavement just in time. A second later, a gigantic pair of wheels and headlights screeched to a halt exactly where Harry had been lying. They belonged, as Harry saw, to a triple-decker, violently purple bus, which had appeared out of thin air. Gold lettering over the windshield spelled the night bus. K, the knight, knight, night bus. For a split second, Harry wondered if he'd been knocked silly by his fall. Then a conductor in a purple uniform leapt out of the bus and began to speak loudly to the night. Welcome to the night bus. I'm not doing an accent. Good. Um, okay. Emergency transport for the stranded witch or wizard. Just stick out your wand hand, step on board, and we'll take you anywhere you want to go. My name's Stan Shunpike, and I'll be your conductor this eve. The conductor stopped abruptly. He had just caught sight of Harry, who was still sitting on the ground. Harry snatched up his wand um, and scrambled to his feet. Close up, he saw that Stan Shunpike was only a few years older than he was, 18 or 19 at most, with large protruding ears and quite a few pimples. What were you doing down there, said Stan. Fell over. What you fall over for, sniggered Stan. I didn't do it on purpose, said Harry, annoyed. Um... One of the knees in his jeans were torn, and the hand he had thrown out to break his fall was bleeding. Because, see, I told you not to do that. (laughs) He suddenly remembered why he had fallen over and turned around quickly to stare at the alleyway between the garage and the fence. The night bus's headlamps were flooding it with light, and it was empty. Chill looking at? There was a big black thing, said Harry, pointing uncertainly into the gap. Like a dog, but massive. Was that on your edge? said Stan abruptly. Um... And that was Stan's eyes narrowing to the scar on Harry's forehead. Nothing, Harry said quickly, flattening his hair over his scar. If the Ministry of Magic was looking for him, he didn't want to make it too easy. What's your name? Stan persisted. Neville Longbottom. So, so this bus, did you say it goes anywhere? Yep, anywhere you like, long as it's on land. Can't do nothing underwater. Real quick, I love that they need 
clarification on that. that, that yeah. Like, I wonder if that has to have been a question. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, point. can you take me to go see my bay, the mermaid? In Atlantis. It, yeah. <laughs> You're like, and they're um, like, hold up, bro. This is this has wheels? Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Yeah. No. be cool. Yeah. Not be a cool health career. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I just, um, I just love, I love those, like, little things in the Wizarding World that are, like, super just, like, quirky and, like, weird. Like, the fact, yeah. yeah, just the fact that you even have to mention, like, it's a bus, it doesn't go underwater. Cool. Like, we're not even, just, just before you even ask. Yeah. We're not doing that. We don't do that here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you did flag us down, didn't you? Stuck out your wand and didn't you? Yes, said Harry quickly. Listen, how much would it be to get to London? 11 sickles. But for 13, you get a chocolate, uh, a hot chocolate. And for 15, you can get a hot water bottle and a toothbrush in the color of your choice. Harry rummaged once more through his trunk, extracted his money bag, and shoved some silver into Stan's hands. He and Stan then lifted his trunk and Hedwig's cage balanced on top up the steps of the bus. There are no seats. Instead, half a dozen brass bedsteads stood beside the curtain windows. Candles were burning and brackets beside each bed illuminating the wood-paneled walls. A tiny wizard in a nightcap at the rear of the bus muttered, Not now, thanks. I'm pickling some slugs and rolled over in his sleep. You're doing what, sir? <laughs> and for Is what that reason? Legal? And why? And why? Right? All of these questions. Lots of questions. You have this one, Sam whispered, uh, shoving Harry's trunk under the bed right beside behind the driver. He was sitting in an armchair and the front steering wheel. This is our this driver, is Ernie Crane. Yeah. Um, this is Neville Longbottom, Ern. Ernie Prang, an elderly wizard wearing very thick glasses, nodded to Harry, who nervously flattened his bangs again and sat down on this on his bed. Take her away, Ern. It's not how it's said. Stan. Them damn shrunken heads are so irritating in those in the yeah. book. Cause what's the reason? Why is why is it there? Just to be cute and vaguely racist. Mostly just racist. Okay. But funny and vaguely racist. I'm just like you're gonna have Jamaican-ish little heads but not actual like black people that's cool yeah like Ern is this like old white dude that can't see so his response is to get shrunken heads from voodoo just questions that it doesn't make sense it wasn't I mean but you know you know what though like white people gotta appropriate so it's not like but then I'm like like, it's not like it was in the book so then like like I get if it's in the book and you and it's like kind of, you know, you give it a side eye and then they do it in the movie and you're like, hmm, maybe that's one of those things you could have left out. But instead they just added it. And it doesn't really make any sense. No. There was no reason for it. No. But, okay. I want to sh- I want to take a quick moment, though, uh-huh. and this is completely off topic, to shout out my little man, Corbin, who's rocking three belts right now, like a boss. Okay. <laughs> this is adorable. Um, okay, so... Sorry. There was another tremendous bang, and the next moment Harry found himself flat on his bed, thrown backward by the speed of the night bus. Pulling himself up, Harry stared out of the dark window and saw that they were now bowling along a completely different street. Um, This is where we was before you flagged us down, Um, he said. Where are we, Ern? Somewhere in Wales? So that's one. That's pretty far from... I mean, I know Little Winging is technically, like, fake, but, like, still... It's pretty far. It's in Surrey. Um, it's a, um, but also we're in we're in like uh, like England and Wales yeah. is not in like it's in Britain but it's not in England. Um, yeah. Also, I'm I'm curious how that works. Like, are, is it similar to like apparition or apparition? Apparition. Um, apparition? No, it's apparition. 
I think it switches at some point, but it's Apparition. Um, I'm curious if it's like if it's similar to Apparition, like they, like the bus kind of like. I mean, I don't think it's the same because. Wormhole. Ooh. Went through a wormhole. Hey. Or they're just going through the time vortex. Um, uh, it's where Harry Potter and Star Trek meet. And Doctor Who. And Doctor Who, because the time vortex. All of it. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just curious. Like one, one of the things is like none of none, I think we mentioned this before. I think when Harry did the flu powder, none of their modes of transportation are um, comfortable. Comfortable. And actually, flying. I think like we the- get a new one every every book. Oh shit. Um, because almost, the first yeah, we one get... they just do the train, so that's chill. Yeah. Um, second one, the flu, flu powder. powder. This one, the night bus. The next one, port key. The next one, um, operation. No. Um, no. Um, because don't broom, the, the brooms. Fifth one, or the phoenix. They fly on brooms. Actually, they fly from Little Wingen to London. And it's, like, super cold and, like, it's fun. And oh, then, you're just talking about, like, how Harry leaves the Dursleys. Yeah. But also, Harry doesn't oh. apparate in, in Order of the Phoenix. No, I know, but I was saying, like, you, we learn about, like, operating. We learn more about it because the twins start doing it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, Harry's, like, specific experience with it. Yeah, um, okay. And then, gotcha. yeah, and then in Half-Blood Prince, we get apparition. Apparition. Um... And then in Deathly Hollows, it's pretty much like all of them kind of together, depending on where they are. Um, but none of them are comfortable, except the train. But the train is like based off of Muggle, um, like designs and technology. So, yeah, it's just really funny. I mean, you know, you it, when you think about it. Oh, they also they travel um, on dragon in, in Deathly Hollows. <laughs> okay, dragon sorry. Travel. Continue. Not really the most efficient form of travel, but fun. But they it's not get efficient. out. But it gets them out of Gringotts. And yeah, so I know, but you can't I think, get. You I think it was efficient be, in the way that they did it. I think it was. You can't be worked. offended. But did it work out though? <laughs> oh my god! How are you offended? I'm not even offended. I'm just saying. I said it wasn't the it most efficient. Out. It was efficient for that time in that moment. None of those yes. things are. None of these really are. I mean, apparition a little bit is, but like some of this stuff. Is I want to apparate. I do, well, that's but I the thing, though, is that, like, I also... Tube every time I want to go somewhere. But you get used to it. Like, I feel like what I was going to say was <laughs> the same way that Harry feels about, like, operating and port keys and all that stuff is kind of how Hermione feels about flying. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that's, like, your own... You do what is um, comfortable, comfortable for you. For you like, yeah. um, so oh, most... they get the Thestrals, too, in Order of the Phoenix. Sorry, there's just a lot of different ways to travel. My bad. Yes. Um, which Hermione also, which I, yeah, if you like. can't see a Thestral, I wouldn't like flying in the No, air I wouldn't with either. No, um, with no way but, to see what you're doing? Hell no. Yeah. Holding on for dear life to something <laughs> you can't even really see. No. But I would think, because I was thinking about this the other day watching Star Trek, like there is the, you know, two to beam up, or whatever it's called, transporter beam. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't F with it. Like, they're just like, ah, oh, that just freaks me out. You're like going to disintegrate me and then re-put me back together. Like, I'm not about that life. And they're like, I'd rather take a shuttle. And then other people are like, I'd rather, you know, I don't want to take a shuttle. Every time I take a shuttle, that thing crashes or something goes wrong. <laughs> so I'd rather just, like, can you just be me there that's quicker? Um, and I was trying to figure out what kind of, like, person I would be, you know? Same goes in the wizarding world. Like, I think, I feel like, personally, I'd be 
want to operate. Like, just get me there. I, want, I know where I want to go. And you get used to it. It's like whenever I'm in a plane and, you know, your ears have to pop or whatever when you're, like, um, landing or taking off. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable when your ears don't pop and then you're just, like, stuck there. That's like, the worst. kill me, please. Um, but that bit of uncomfort to me is worse the the time the time and stuff you save yeah and there's no like um, risk of being burned or like freezing to your broom or yeah or I don't know like falling off of your bed a billion and just being dirty like yeah, I'm gonna be dirty anyway things. like yeah like the flu powder it's just like yeah um, um the broom is just there's a lot of ways to go wrong yeah yeah so, um so we would like to hear your theories on how the night bus gets around um, yes, because and it like jumps your... cities like and it doesn't go in like order and we'll see. It doesn't go in order of like closeness. It just like goes where I think it goes in order of who who gets got on, on the first bus. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um but also I would also be interested to know what your preferred method of magical travel would be. Yes. That too. So, I'm an operator. I think I'd be an operator because I there are so many times when I just wish I was at a place that I was going to. And Mostly I'm always home. late. Mostly home. I'm always um, late. So you are if late. I could just be like, oh, give me, boom, okay, hey, hey, yeah. I made it, hey. That's the other thing is it like would take so much <laughs> less time to like do it, like in terms of like prep time in the morning. It's like, oh, get up, get dressed, get some clothes on. And like that, yeah, in terms of sleep, man, I could I could wake up like an hour later than I do. Maybe not an hour. Maybe like 30 minutes later than I do. And that makes all the difference. All the difference. Um, I need my sleep. I would I would then just sleep that extra time and still be late. And be like, <laughs> well, I was going to operate here, so. <laughs> That's a mess. Um, okay. <sighs> my burden. So, um. <laughs> how come the muggles don't hear the bus, said Harry. Then, said Stan, Stan contemptuously, don't listen properly, do they? Don't look properly either. Never notice nothing, don't they don't? Best go wake up Madame March Stan, said Ern. We'll be in Abergavenny, um, or Abergavenny, sorry, um, in a minute. I gotta so, go to all these places. Yeah. Stan leaves. Um, the night bus kept mounting the pavement, but it didn't hit anything. Lines of lampposts, mailboxes, and trash cans jumped out of its way as it approached and back into position once it passed. Um... Stan came back down with a faintly green witch, which I think actually she might pop up in Order of the Phoenix again when they take the night bus. Um, I think they pop. I think she pops up again and she's sick again, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta drop her off first because she gonna throw up." Um, I definitely wouldn't be taking the night bus. No, I wouldn't. I Let wouldn't. me tell you, I took a taxi to JFK, and I was like, "So, am I puking in this taxi? <laughs> Do you got something for me here? Because, woo." Yeah. I get car sick for real. And yeah, nah, no, this Earn is, don't this have no kind a, of sense. This would be a problem. He all up on a all up on a curb. Yep. All up on the curb. Um so they she gets off. Um Harry wouldn't be able to sleep even if he had been traveling on a bus that didn't keep banging loudly and jumping a hundred miles at a time. Yeah, like what is what is that? That's so awesome. What what are they doing? Um I feel like they're operating because every time it says another loud bang. But it's not like the, re- the only reason I don't think is because it's not the same sensation, if that makes sense. But, like it's a, like yeah, it's a, it's an uncomfortable sensation, but it's a different one. And I, I mean, it could be just... it could be operation. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's the yeah. only reason I feel like it's not. Uh, and um, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's interesting. Well, I, I wonder. Yeah. Um, his stomach churned as he fell back to wondering what was going to happen to him and whether the Dursleys had managed to get Aunt Marge off the ceiling yet. Um, Stan mm-hmm. opens a copy of the Daily Prophet. Um, a large photograph of a sunken-faced man with long, matted hair blinked slowly at Harry from the front page. Robin is cheesing so hard right now. Um, that man, Harry said, he was on the Muggle News. Serious Black, Stan said, nodding. Of course he was on the Muggle News, Neville. Where you been? Um, you ought to read the... He gives ha- uh, Harry um, the, the paper. You ought to read the papers more, Neville. Um, can I read it? Can I read it? Can I read it? Sure. Where's Connie when we need her, man? <laughs> don't don't try to do any, don't try to do any accents. Won't. Take a couple deep breaths before you do it. do it. Don't take a couple deep breaths before you do it. Cool. Okay. Black still at large. Serious Black, probably the most infamous prisoner ever to be held in Azkaban Fortress, is still eluding capture, the Ministry of Magic confirmed today. We are all doing, we are doing all we can to recapture Black, said the Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, this morning, and we beg the magical community to remain calm. I read that really weird. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Fudge has been criticized by some members of the International Federation of Warlocks for informing the Muggle Prime Minister of the crisis. Well, really, I had to, don't you know, said an irritable Fudge. Black is mad. He's a danger to anyone who crosses him, magic or Muggle. I have the Prime Minister's assurance that he will not breathe a word of Black's true identity to anyone. And let's face it, who'd believe him if he did? While Muggles have been told that Black is carrying a gun a kind of meadow wand that muggles used to kill each other. The magical community lives in fear of a massacre like that of 12 years ago when Black murdered 13 people with a single curse. I have questions. Mm-hmm. So I was going to put this in the Facebook group, but I'll probably do it anyway. Um, like, how are they so isolated from the muggle world when they are, like, that isolated? Like, you don't know what a gun is. Like... Like, I, one of the things I think about is, like, at this time, period, Jenny wasn't into the Spice Girls. <laughs> like, how did you not? Like, m- my parents tried very hard, very hard, because I had an NSYNC issue. Yeah, you did. Don't yam me like that. We literally used to play, me, my cousin who's also my age, and my younger siblings would go into Robin's. Like, this is, like, before me and Robin were, like, how we are now. Um, because you were in high school and I was in like elementary school or some shit. But anyway, so whenever rude. we came to visit, we so would go into rude. your room and we would play a game called Runaway in Sync. How dare you? And we would go into your room and literally, like I am not joking, Robin, and like she will verify this because I'm sure she's not ashamed, but like her I'm not whole ashamed. room was covered in sync posters. Her closet, they were like the, the bathroom they were like, across the hall. Like, it was so uncomfortable to, like, take a shower because you felt like you were being undressed or, like, some, like, NSYNC was staring at you. Like, all five NSYNC. of them were staring Not at you. Not all five of them. Yes, Only because there's one, the there was one with all five of them. And then there was JC, who was just staring at me while I was trying to take a shower. Why are you there? Why are you there, JC? Because he For needed to reason? be. So for we what, could talk. For what reason? So we could come and then, together yeah, in the morning. Yeah, so we literally used to play a game called Runaway and That's rude. And then we just run around in your room. Is this then, in San Diego? Yeah. Oh, so then you didn't even know. You didn't even know. Didn't know what? That was nothing. Anaheim? That was nothing. Only yeah. reason, so, Anaheim I was too young to really remember. So in Anaheim, I had a wall that was literally like four stacks deep of those 12 by, or 8 by 11 posters from like J14, Teen Vogue, Tiger Beat, 
whatever. If NSYNC was on it, I got it. And I carefully took down everyone. And then my wall was like corner to corner filled with NSYNC posters. And then I would have to choose like, okay, I got this new picture. Which one's, where's it going to go? Oh, NSYNC posing with the cheetah. Sorry, you got to go. And then I put my new picture carefully on top of that one. And then my mom was like, when we were moved, she was like, oh, do you think you want to paint your room? And I was like, sure, I'll paint my room. That's cool. I never got to paint before. And then she was like, okay. And then she had my room painted. And she goes, so you can't put any pictures up. And I was like, this is blasphemy. Because I had taken down one by one, layer by layer, all of my pictures. And they are still in the box in my closet. That shit was creepy. It was glorious. It was creepy. It's glorious. Anyway, I say all this to say. Just think of Justin Timberlake with frosted tips mm. staring at you mm-hmm. while you're trying to do regular ass stuff. Chris Kirkpatrick with the pineapple. It, yeah. It's creepy. Listen. It was terrifying. I'm just saying. That's all. You had. I don't even know how we got wow. here. I just know it was terrifying. I actually didn't because my dad never. <laughs> oh my God. So now, since we're already on this tangent. <laughs> I actually never got to have like posters of people. So I was in love with Lil Bow Wow, B2K, um, I probably B5, Usher. Your dad was probably like, we, what we want No, do. maybe that's what it was. But like <laughs> my parents would not, my dad specifically would not let me put up of like posters of like the artists and like the boys, you know, boy bands that I liked. And so I, for, at our first house, I took like the album covers and you know how they, like, open up? So I just, like, mm-hmm. put that on there because Lil Fizz was fine. And I was like, you're not going <laughs> to deny me Lil Fizz on my wall. Even though it was, like, super small. It was, like, the little square of, <laughs> of the album cover. And then my parents got me, for one of my birthdays, this poster of Usher. It was after we moved, so I didn't have my B2K, uh, like, little pictures up anymore. I had this picture of Usher, this poster of Usher that I had on my closet door. And then, and I was so excited, like, it was my, it was awesome. It was my favorite. And then we had to um, get our, we were, like, getting the house renovated. And so we had to take down everything off the walls because um, everything was getting painted. And so we had to move everything from my sis, like, my sister and I, we had to move everything from our room into my brother's room. And then afterwards, we, like, moved it all back. And that Usher poster never appeared again. It disappeared. And then, like, years later, I brought it up. And I was like, yeah, my Usher poster never came up. And my dad was like, oh, that, I threw it away. I was like... Mm-hmm. You can't just throw. It's my Usher poster. My dad was to do beautiful. That. that was like my Confessions mom. era Usher too. Like, what was he doing with his life? It was rude okay, but and this all came from a point about Harry Potter. It was your which fault is, because of your damn creepy ass in sync posters. If you had had that shit, then don't maybe call my dad it creepy. would be scared that I was going to decorate my whole room with Usher and B two K and Lil Bow Wow. But because of you, your dad did. Your dad did tell you, me. Talk to me about false idols. Because of you, <laughs> I couldn't have my Usher poster. Just one Usher look, poster. Just one. Look. Just rude. Rude. Look. And Hashtag you, blame you, Robin. And you childhood. weren't even in the you weren't even in the, the golden era disrespect. of pop music. What you mean? I mean Usher was in there. Usher was definitely in there. This but just... you didn't get like Tevin Campbell. I'm ready. <laughs> Okay, anyway, we okay, won't go there. Why, That's not a point. Why the point we was... Talking, what were you even talking about? My point is, like, explaining guns to 
with oh, yeah, because you're talking like, about Jenny and the Spice Girls. Got it. Yeah, like, how are you so isolated that, like, those, because the, there are those things, like, the Spice Girls, like, in America, you couldn't not know those songs. And this is, like, before the internet, and so it was, like, what was on the radio and what was on, um, oh, I just forgot, TLR, T... TRL. Oh, TRL. Thank you. Total Request Live. Thank you. And um, Fifth and Park, Sixth and Park. 106 and Park. Wow. 106 and Park. <laughs> I'm old now, guys. I gotta, gotta get, start taking that ginkgo biloba. Um, but, like, the stuff that, like, was showed on there was, like, so, like, it, like, what... MTV, BET, BBC One, like, what they, what what was top of the charts and what was cool was, like, ubiquitous. You couldn't get away from the Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom, like, okay, I'm, I'm in sync through, like, hardcore, and there was, like, a point where my brother, like, stole my CD. He took my CD when he went to college, because he was gonna get girls, like, he had this whole thing about how, like, as he knew all the stuff about NSYNC, and so it was, like, a, a good entry point into, like, flirting with girls. I don't know, whatever. You're welcome. <laughs> but he, like, took my CD, and we had, pro- had problems with that. But then he would talk about, like, he would always call me and be like, oh, can you get me another CD? Because so-and-so stole it. Like, and he lived in a frat. And it was like, you couldn't get away from that stuff. Like, people that moved from, like, I'm sure that they were, like, in cults, at least knew that the Spice Girls existed. Right? How do you not know what a gun is? I think that, like, part of it is that... Whoa. Um, Ooh, that was a good catch. Um, Part of it, and so, again, I still kind of, like, hold a little skepticism. And, like, I think it shows most when we talked about um, history of magic in North America. And, like, how do you really... How are you able to totally, like, remove yourself from the situation? Especially Um, because not all of people are Although I think it's a little bit... I mean, not all of the... Like, not the majority of people are muggle-born or half. Yeah, and so that, so I think, I think with that, it's a little bit more extreme, where it's like, really, I don't buy this, especially the way that they came to America, but um, in terms of, in this case, I think, like, I don't know, I think about, like, the borough, and, like, they're in a muggle town, but not really, you know what I mean? Like, they're a little bit more isolated, and so Mm -hmm. it's like, they don't get muggle newspaper, they don't listen to muggle radio, they don't have a television they don't so there's just like certain things that you don't have and i get like maybe they like fred and george decide that yeah they don't have a phone i get like okay maybe fred and george decide they're gonna like go hang out in the muggle like town in ottery st catchpole and um maybe they'll hear the song then you know what i mean but that doesn't mean that they're like now they're like into that into like the spice girl you know what i mean like they may know some things i think the other thing is that younger well, I think a gun specifically should be, like, they may, they probably should know what that is, but, like, um, I think I read in something, shoot, maybe it was in, like, it was on Pottermore, I want to say, it, maybe it was, like, a, about clothing or something, because I think, um, what's that name, what's his name, Archie from Goblet of Fire, who, like, wore mm-hmm. that dress, but, like, no underwear or whatever, um, <laughs> that bread. he, um, they were talking about how, like, it's generational, so, like, when, so, like, the kids are more connected to and like 
like too pop culture of like muggles and stuff and like but then as they get older they kind of get more removed from it which kind of makes sense because like you know yeah. we get older i don't only reason i, I know don't about know anybody on only reason me. i know about shit now is because of like my siblings are younger than me um and i mean little i kind of catch up a little bit but like some things he named himself after a boat <laughs> little yachty what who are you yeah um so yeah so it's just like so it's just like they like generationally they kind of like grow out of it and then they're like okay i don't really need to because i doubt the adults really need to like have a lot of interaction with like muggles unless that's like specifically their job you know what i mean so i kind of get it although a gun i kind of feel like maybe there has to be some muggle who like like encountered a gun before even i mean some wizard yeah Oh, we yeah. should, we should mean, hurry even, up a little bit because we're yeah, we are, happen, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, even if um, you have been removed for that long, guns have been around. No, that's, not, like, that's why I'm saying it doesn't make sense because they've, been, they've been around for, like, a cool hundred years. And so when you were in I mean, Hogwarts, yeah, but when you were in Hogwarts, you encountered, like, Muggleborns, and even those Muggleborns, if they leave Hogwarts and then go into the Wizarding World and become more isolated and remove themselves from the Muggle World, they still had 11 plus years of Muggle upbringing and you know what a gun is. Mm-hmm. Like, but so, I think part of it also was just it's, like... It's funny. It could be that, yeah. Imagine more like, a metal wand. A metal <laughs> like, wand, yeah. yeah. I think it's like one of those things where maybe maybe it's a product of like the... Maybe it's a product... This is interesting. It just popped in my head of the like isolationism that they have so maybe they don't really need to explain what a gun is but they do because they're operating on the assumption that that most wizards don't care or like don't have anything to do with the muggle world yeah um, i mean and so and that it could be, be one of those things where it's like where it's like the daily prophet where well yeah but, well it is a daily prophet but what i'm saying is it's like it's like those subtle kind of agendas that like mm-hmm. media and even in just like society in general will push because they you know what I mean where it's like oh you probably do know this but we're gonna act like you don't because you shouldn't yeah if that makes no sense. I know and I'm like I'm yeah. like thinking back to um again guys I will mention him all the time if you don't follow Daniel Jose Older on Twitter what's wrong with you he went in because this dude from the New Yorker wrote the most ridiculous piece about uh limit the formation tour ever and was like pom-pom shorts and silk trousers and it was like bruh Bruh. <laughs> Talking about Survivor was about a man. Come on. It definitely wasn't. It was definitely about the other uh, Destiny's Child members. It was like the Shit. biggest story. Dude. Like, Google. Dude. Google. I, I was just I was just like watching like that video. But I was just watching that 90s. video like a couple weeks ago and I was like, and I think when I was younger, I did kind of think it was about a man because I was younger and like, but, and I didn't really know like the drama. But then when I got, oh, I listened to that shit like, oh no, this is like very Yo. clear who this is about <laughs> there's no type of no type of nothing no Beyonce and were like they were like look look at us what we gonna tell you is we still on the chart mm-hmm. bye bye Latoya where you at where y'all at Latavia y'all got to go yeah so yeah it's just like and but like the fact that he like wrote that in the New Yorker and a lot of people were like well it's the New Yorker what did you expect and it's like you don't need to, you just don't need to be snobby for the sake of being snobby. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that was my only thing. It's like a kind of metal wand. Like, come on. 
How? Um, so Harry looked into the shadowed eyes of Sirius Black, the only part of the sunken face that seemed alive. Harry had never met a vampire, but he had seen pictures of them in his defense against the dark arts classes, and Black, with his waxy white skin, looked like one. Serious Black as Jack White. I'm so in love. You mean the other way around, but no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but no. Um, but yeah, but totally. Scary yeah. looking thing, any, said Stan, who'd been watching Harry read. He murdered 13 people, said Harry, handing the page back, with one curse. Yeah, in front of witnesses and all, broad daylight. Big trouble it caused, didn't it, Earn? R. Stan swiveled his armchair, his hands on the back, the better to look at Harry. Black was a big supporter of you-know-who. What? Voldemort, said Harry without thinking. Even Stan's pimples went white. That's rude. Um, <laughs> you out of your tree? I'm going to say that from now on. You out of your tree? Uh, you say his name for? Sorry, said Harry hastily. Sorry, I forgot. Forgot? Blimey, my, my heart's going that fast. I, I really, I, I fuck with Stan. I know you don't, but... I don't dislike him. He's just... Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, um, so Black was a supporter of you-know-who, said Harry, uh, prompting apologetically. Yeah, Stan said. That's right. Very close to you-know-who. Anyway, when little Harry Potter got the better of you-know-who, all of his supporters were tracked down, wasn't they, Earn? Most of them knew it was all over with um, you-know-who's gone and they came quiet, but not serious Black. I heard he thought he'd be second in command once he'd taken over. Anyway, they cornered Black in the middle of a street full of muggles, and Black took out his wand and blasted half the street apart. And a wizard got it. And so did a dozen muggles what got in the way. Horrible. And do you know what Black did then? What, said Harry? Laughed. Stood there and laughed. And when reinforcements from the Ministry of Magic got there, he went with them quiet as anything, still laughing his head off. Because he's mad, isn't he? Earn. Any mad. If he weren't wearing... When he went to Azkaban, he will be now, said Ern in a slow voice. I blow myself up before I set foot in that place. Serves him right, mind you, after what he did. They had a job covering it up, didn't they, Ern? Old Street blown up, blown up, and all the muggles dead. What was it they said had happened, Ern? Gas explosion, grunted Ernie. And now he's out. Never been a breakout from Azkaban before, as their Ern. Beats me how he did it. Frightening, huh? Mind, I don't fancy his chances against an Azkaban guard, huh, Ern? Um, Ernie Shiver, talk about something else, Stan. There's a good lad. Um, them Azkaban guards give me the collie wobbles. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a couple things. Um, it's a lot one, we just went through. <laughs> yeah, we did go through a lot. So, one, it's like this stuff is all, um, I mean, I don't want to say it's rumor because it's, like, the common, like, story of what happened. Um, but it's kind of, things get kind of twisted, you know what I mean? So it's, like, and a wizard got it, not, like, a very specific wizard who had, like, a very specific history with Sirius and, like, his friends or whatever. Um, it's not clear people don't really know that Sirius was a friend of, a really close friend of the Potters. Like, there's just certain things that weren't, and, like, obviously we get that later and it becomes, like, a big, like, oh my god, that's that's crazy or whatever he but was like, their friend yeah he was their friend um <laughs> I'm gonna kill him <laughs> sorry um and heavy breathing so it's not it's not that um 
which I think is more just interesting in terms in terms of like like a storytelling perspective, but then also just like how stories kind of like disseminate into the world and like how you hear about them um, and what you like retain. Um, it's like telephone, um, but then also the whole. I'm curious the story about like about Sirius being sec- uh, Voldemort's second in command came from like where that came from because it's because it's not clear that people know that and I, we know obviously spoiler heavy podcast that he didn't betray Lillian James but like I think it's interesting that it's not that that's not part of the thing that he was there's no there's nothing that says oh he was spying on the Potters there's nothing yeah. that says that there's nothing that connects him to the Potters or Remus or Peter or like any of the order at all. Um, it's just, oh, he was, and, and it makes it seem like, it makes it sound like everyone knew Sirius Black was a Death Eater before Death Eater. that. And everyone was afraid of him and he was, you know, who's second in command. And like, if you weren't afraid of Voldemort, you were, afraid, you know what I mean? Like if Voldemort didn't yeah. come, but Sirius did, then it was a wrap. Like you already knew you were dead. Like that's how it sounds. It doesn't sound like, oh, he was a spy. Um, and nobody knew, nobody suspected it until it happened. And then he cornered Peter. And then even less so, oh, he actually like was falsely accused. Um, so it's just like different layers of like how the story is told between mm-hmm. like what actually happened. And like, I think this is the most extreme version. And I mean, this not extreme, too. Spying on your kids is, or spying on your friends is like pretty big. <laughs> but I think just the way it's told, it makes it seem like Sirius was a well-known Death Eater for, like, a long time. A long time, yeah. And I think this goes into um, a lot of my issues with Fudge, and I wouldn't be surprised if Fudge told the story all the time because it's a very neat story. Mm-hmm. It has a, He's a clear villain, right? They have to explain the murder of these 13 people on this exactly. big explosion. And so it's very neat and... And easy, and you even get this with Barty Crouch Senior. Um, this this need to have everything be very. Like, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't even get a trial, right? No, and it's like very clean, like very quickly mm-hmm. dealt with. We knew um, we were, you know, we were. And we kind of get this too with like taking it to the real world, like terrorism and stuff, right? Like, um, something happens, and there is there officials are very hesitant to say it's really murky we don't mm-hmm. really know the whole story we don't know why they really want to give the public like okay we were just a f- if we would have gotten there two seconds sooner you know like we, mm-hmm. we were almost there we almost prevented it um because i think it gives people a sense of it helps give them a sense of um comfort and security I mean that but then also being but like this is who did it this is why this is why, why this is like how yeah. this is like what happened but it's like very much very neatly not- package mm-hmm. and it's not like a people should know like nothing is ever that neat <laughs> like right. um and and then because it's been 11 years now like the story has been continued to go and so it's gotten neater and neater and closer and you know like mm-hmm. um more condensed into this is what happened exactly um and, and i mean I think, stan is telling the story and if he's 18 or 19 he was he, only like five or six when it happened, so he's clearly like telling the story from like from something he's that heard. he heard. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't old enough to have like remi- really remembered it. And even we see this with um, Harry and Harry's own stories: how things get wrong or mm-hmm. are turned around, and um, very quickly in is it 
Order of the Phoenix. He's supposed to be like some dark lord that Voldemort tried to get rid of because he was going to be like a, you know, he was going to be a competitor. Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of, is it Chamber of Secrets? That's Hotep Ernie. That is Hotep Ernie. But I feel like... um, It might have gotten brought up again, though. I think it might have gotten brought up again. But I just, you know, like, to suit... This is why I'm saying Fudge. Like, to suit Fudge's political needs at the time, I'm not surprised that he didn't make the story very simple. And we've already seen, like, the lack of trial, the lack of, like, investigation, the lack Mm -hmm. of, like, asking Black. You know what I mean? Like... Did, like, and I mean, the, a part of it is that I think Sirius came, did think that he did it. Right? And I don't want to go forward because that's like a big reveal or whatever, but yeah. like, I'm pretty sure he thought he did it until he saw Peter. Yeah. And was like, oh shit, like I've been played. You well, know what I mean? I, he thought that Peter, he knew that Peter did the curse, but he right. thought. He thought that he'd at least killed Peter. Yeah. 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 And so, um, which is why he just stands there because he's like, "Yeah, I, I did it." I yeah, and he feels he's laughing because he, he's like, "He pretty he's much something broken. is broken in him." Yeah, um, he because he was the one that put Peter in the position to to do that. Mm-hmm. He still um, blames himself for it. He blames himself he for it. Lost he all, believes, he lost his best friends and his like, family and his yeah. I mean, we can get into this even like. We, and we will continue to get into this the more we the more things get serious. It's so sad to be honest. It's so sad, it's but like the way that Harry has been adopted by the Weasleys is very similar to how the Potters adopted Sirius. Like mm-hmm. Sirius left his family, was disowned, and lived with James. Like it wasn't just, and this it, I mean the, to say just like it, he wasn't just his best friend. Um, his best friend is a lot, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's not like a trivial thing, but like that was his family, you know, mm-hmm. and he didn't have his cousins or his like, a, his, he didn't even have Regulus who at the time, you know what I mean? Like he didn't have anyone else and he blamed himself for that. And I think once he killed or thought he killed Peter, that was he it. was done. That was like the last thing he needed. Yeah, it was all do. he had to hold on to, right? And then like, after that, he's like, "Well, and I'll go to yeah, I'll go to Azkaban. I'll take I'll I can be the the notorious mass murderer who killed these other, you know, twelve muggles. I didn't mm-hmm. mean to. I'm sure he feels like some guilt about that, but I think at that point he was too far gone. Yeah, because he wasn't even thinking about Harry really. Like, who's gonna take care of Harry? Harry? At that point, well, no, because that, he he, he that offered moment. to. That was after. So he offered to, oh, and yeah. Hagrid so was, was like, after. nah, Dumbledore has a plan. Yeah. So that's the other thing. If he had had Harry, he might have, like, been a little... He might have chilled. Don't make me feel another this way about Dumbledore again. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean this, to bring that back up. We just went through the porch thing. No, no, no. But I do think that he would have... I do think that he probably yeah, would have had something else to hold on to, and that would have stopped him from going to, like, murder Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Like, he probably would have, he'd have been like, okay, I have to take care of this kid. Let me go talk to Dumbledore and let him know what happened. Yeah. Because it the was, other thing is that, that, oh, shit. Oh. She just had a, a breakthrough of some sort, but she's not giving it up. Sorry. Sorry. Just Can you share? So the reason, no, so this actually doesn't make me mad at Dumbledore. The reason Dumbledore didn't let Hag, Hag he was like, I mean, maybe he even told Hagrid, but like, 
Dumbledore, as soon as as soon as he found out the Potters died, he thought Sirius was Sirius a was keeper. secret keeper. So he already thought that that was before Sirius went after Peter. Mm-hmm. He already was like, you cannot give him to Sirius. Yeah, because he's the spy. Fucking shit! This fucking book, man. It's, it's too much. It's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Right. So, yeah. I mean. Sam puts the paper away, and Harry is looking out the window, feeling worse than ever. He couldn't um, help imagine what Stan might be telling his passengers in a few days, or in a few nights' time. Hear about that Harry Potter blew up his aunt? Well, we had him on the night bus, didn't we, Ern? Harry had broken wizard law, just like Sirius. The wow. reach! He got he to stretch. He got to do some yoga real quick Woo. before, before he better call that. Connie. Man. <laughs> do that stretching together. <laughs> Um, that reach was like like namaste epic. Harry like, you, like blew it like accidentally inflated your horrible inflated. abusive you terrible her aunt versus murdering 13 people in the street yes in broad was, was inflating Aunt Marge bad enough to land him in Azkaban Harry did you know Aunt Marge sorry <laughs> <laughs> Harry didn't know anything about the wizard prison though everyone he'd heard speak of it, did so in the same fearful tone. Hagrid, the Hogwarts gamekeeper, had spent two months there only last year. Harry wouldn't seem to forget the look of terror on Hagrid's face when he was told where he'd be going. And Hagrid was one of the bravest people Harry knew. And we still haven't talked about that. Nope. So, in actuality, and this actually comes up in a page or two, so I calm down a little bit, but, like, it's not a big reach. Like, last right, year, Harry Hagrid saw them... Take Hagrid just to be like, hey, we have to do something. We can't just be seen not doing something. No so you type gotta go of to Ask Man. Mm-hmm. Like, no type. So it's not really that big of a reach. Like, Man, I actually leave. do know who I'm, who I'm benching this. I didn't know who I was benching before we were talking about How? it. How? I told you who the You bench. did, but now I'm, like, super convinced. <laughs> it took I didn't me, convince I, you enough? No, because you right. just said it, and I think, like, having the conversation in my brain, now is like, In my okay. brain, he is similar to the Dursleys. When you see him, you bench him. <laughs> like, yeah, just, he's a problem. Okay. Such a problem. So the night bus rolled through the darkness, and after a while, Stan remembered that Harry paid for hot chocolate, but poured it all over Harry's pillow <laughs> as the bus moved it's abruptly from Anglesey to Aberdeen. One by one, witches and wizards in dressing gowns and slippers descended from the upper floors to leave the bus. They all looked very pleased to go. Finally, Harry was the only passenger left, which kind of goes with the, I think it's first on, first off type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, right then, Neville, whereabouts in London? Diagon Alley, said Harry. Righto! Old tight then. Bang. They were thundering along Charing Cross Road. So they went from Aberdeen to Charing Cross Road with a bang. Yeah, there must have been a lot of people on that bus because they got there so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's just like there's so many people on there that it's like it took a couple hours yeah um, enough time for people to like sleep mm-hmm. in their pajamas just be chilling yeah um, i don't think any of them were really we're sleeping. actually asleep yeah probably not they're getting jangled around but yeah. um they were thundering along Charing cross road harry sat up and watched buildings and just squeezing themselves out of the night bus's way um urn slammed on the brakes and the night bus skidded to a halt in front of a small shabby looking pub the leaky cauldron which laid behind which lay the magical entrance to Diagon Alley. Thanks, Harry said. Um, he jumped down the steps and helped Stan lower his trunk and Hedwig's cage into the pavement. Well, bye then, said Harry, but Stan wasn't paying attention. Still standing in the doorway to the bus, he was goggling at the shadowy entrance to the leaky cauldron. There you are, Harry, said a voice. Before Harry could turn around, he felt a hand on his shoulder. At the same time, 
Stan shouted, Blimey, Ern, come here, come here. Um, Harry looked up at the owner of the hand on his shoulder. He had walked right into Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic himself. What'd you call Neville, Minister? Neville, he repeated, frowning. This is Harry Potter. I knew it, Stan shouted gleefully. I knew it. Guess who Neville is, Ern? He's Harry Potter. I can see his scar. Yes, said Fudge testily. Well, I'm very glad the night bus picked Harry up, but he and I need to step inside the leaky cauldron. Fudge increased the pressure on his shoulder, and Harry found himself being steered inside the pub. It, um, a stooping figure bearing a lantern appeared through the door behind the bar. It was Tom, the wizened, toothless landlord. Um, you got a minister. Will you be wanting anything? Beer? Brandy? Perhaps a pot of tea, said Fudge. He still hadn't let go of Harry. Um, there was a loud scraping and puffing behind them, and Stan and Ern appeared, carrying Harry's trunk in Hedwig's cage, looking around excitedly. How come you didn't tell us who you are, Unneville, said Stan, beaming at Harry. And a private parlor, please, Tom, said Fudge pointedly. Bye, Harry said miserably to Stan and Ern as Tom beckoned Fudge toward the passage from, that led from the bar. Bye, Neville, said called Stan. He really couldn't stop. <laughs> nope. Um, so Fudge marched Harry along the narrow corridor. Tom clicked his finger as a fire burst into life in the grate um, of a small parlor, and he bowed himself out of the room. Sit down, Harry said. Um, or sit down, Harry said Fudge. Harry sat, feeling goosebumps rise up on his arm despite the glow of the fire. Fudge took off his pinstripe cloak and tossed it aside, then hitched up the trousers on his bottle green suit. He, he's got to chill. And sat down opposite Harry. I'm Cornelius Fudge. Isn't there pinstripes? Oh, that's all a cloak. Yeah, he has yeah. to chill. Yeah. I'm Cornelius Fudge, Harry, the Minister of Magic. And you know what I wrote? Can I tell you what I wrote? What? Harriet Jones, Prime Minister. Oh. We know who you are. <laughs> Harry has been calling you the Minister of Magic for the past two pages. We know. Yep. You're the, prime, you're the Minister of Magic. We... Yep. You don't really need to introduce yourself like that. No, but Harry already knew this, of course. He had seen Fudge once before, but as he had been wearing his father's invisibility cloak at the time, Fudge wasn't to know that. Um, well, Harry, said Fudge, you've, all, you've had us all in a right flap, I don't mind telling you. Running away from your aunt and uncle's house like that, I started to think, but you're safe and that's what matters. Eat, Harry, you look down on your feet. Now then... You will be pleased to hear that we have dealt with the unfortunate blowing up of Mrs. Marjorie of Miss Marjorie Dursley. Two members of the accidental magical magic reversal squad were dispatched to Private Drive a few hours ago. Um, Miss Dursley has been punctured and her memory has been modified. She has no recollection of the incident at all. So that that's that and no harm done. Um, Fudge smiled at Harry over the rim of his teacup, rather like an uncle surveying his favorite nephew. Ah, you're wearing, or Harry, who couldn't believe his ears, opened his mouth to speak, couldn't think of anything to say, and closed it again. You're worrying about the re reaction of your aunt and uncle, said Fudge. Well, I won't deny that they're extremely angry, Harry, but they're prepared to take you back next summer as long as you stay at Hogwarts for Christmas and Easter holidays. I always stay at Hogwarts for Christmas and Easter holidays, he said, and I don't ever want to go back to Privet Drive. Now, now, I'm sure you'll feel differently once you've calmed down, said Fudge. They are your family, after all. And I'm sure you're, you are fond of each other, or very deep down. I'm wondering, Moss. does he know about the magic bond? Or I'm does thinking he, he might. Either he, either he, like, knows, or he just knows that Dumbledore's told him that Harry has to stay has there. Has to stay there. But either way, no. You're, like, this would be to the level of President Barack Obama 
seeing a boy's, like, abusive surroundings and doing nothing. Like, you don't really have any jurisdiction, <laughs> but you but have influence. But I don't know that Fudge knows and, that he, they're being abusive. But he says, I'm sure you're fond of each other uh, very deep down. Yeah, he's got, he's clean, gotten reports between them being very angry. Just because they're angry doesn't mean they're abusive. I'm not, and I'm it's not true. saying that, I'm not saying, like, That's obviously true. somebody needs to get him the fuck out of there. And I mean, I get they can't because of, like, blood magic and shit. Um, but I don't know that he knows. That, I like, mean, that it's that intense. You know what I mean? I'm sure he can kind of sh- sense that it's, like, antagonistic and that, like, they don't mess with each other. But not necessarily that they're, like, being abusive. But I'm just thinking, so you have two members of the Accidental Magical Reversal Squad in there in the house. Mm-hmm. So two magical people are in Vernon Dursley's house and you don't think that they have some inkling of what it's like for Harry? Mm-hmm. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, get you weird freaks, get out of my house. Like, whatever But I'm sure you in that moment he's probably saying, chilling because they're about to fix Marge. No, I doubt it. I mean, I'm sure he's horrible, at, but I don't think he's like about to kick them out because he knows what else he's gonna do. I'm, well, yeah, but I'm sure that he said some no, things probably. that would make you think, oh, this is how he treats people helping him how does he treat the kid who by the way what made the kid do this right like this is obviously an accidental magic type of thing like it's definitely something that warrants an investigation but as we can tell he's there that she has no recollection of the incident and that's that no harm that's that we're moving on because that's who fudge is that's how he Um, is that's Um, how he is but i'm just saying like you at this point like have some inkling and you don't, like, it's not the, I, I don't by any means think that, like, the Minister of Magic should be involved in, like, every abusive, or case of child abuse or whatever in the country. Like, that's just not the best use of his time. That's not what he's there for. But you can use your influence, especially when it's, like, the, like, this, a, a person of this kind of fame, like, which is why that Harry's getting the treatment he's getting right now anyway, mm-hmm. is because they don't want the appearance of, Sirius Black comes and kills Harry Potter. They don't right? want that. They also don't want Sirius Black escaped. Okay. We let Harry, we're now expelling Harry Potter, who's like, like this is before Harry, this is before um, the maze and like what happens at the end of Goblet of Fire. So everybody still thinks of Harry Potter as like, the savior he's, of... He's a savior. Yeah. He's a boy. He's he like... He killed Dumbledore. He, or he killed Voldemort. He killed Voldemort. Yeah. He's, um, he's, in, he's very much in, like, the, like, you, you see Harry Potter's expelled from Hogwarts. Everybody's going to be like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, and um, he's, like, the Justin Bieber of the Wizarding World, oh, or... <laughs> that was, I don't, yeah, I don't like that, but okay. I mean, give me a better I mean, one. Yeah, it's unfortunate. White savior... <laughs> special child who gets whatever he wants. I don't, if there's someone else, like, I'm Miley Cyrus, I don't know, they're, they're not good. None of them are good. Okay. Austin Mahoney. So, I don't know nothing ooh, about that kid. Ooh. So is all he that means... Is huh? he that too? Is he oh, I actually too? don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about him. That's why yeah. I was like, I know his name because he was like the new Bieber. He was until he wasn't. <laughs> but, but, okay. Um, all right. So all that remains, said Fudge, is to this is to decide where you're going to spend the last three weeks of your vacation. I suggest you take a room here at Leaky Cauld- at the Leaky Cauldron and... Hang on, blurted Harry. What about my punishment? Come on, bro. 
who asks about their punishment? I mean, I think that I get that he's, he's co- so... I get that he's like confused and like ba- whatever, but that's like the one person who like asks what the homework is. But I think the... he no, I think he's like he has seen what ha- like we just said like last year like he saw them take Hagrid. He's like no, what well, I I'm that kind of person too because I'm like I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to know what's happening here. Are you tricking me? Are you trying to get, let my defenses go down before you like throw the hammer down? Because I don't appreciate it. Just tell me what's happening. Tell me what's coming. So I can be ready. Just tell me. Tell me. You gonna find me? Like, tell me. You like, don't say nothing. I won't say nothing. Nah, man. What's happening? What? What's going on? Um, Remember that time that I overslept and I was like, ain't nobody saying nothing. And then I brought it up because I was like, look, I, what I will not do is <laughs> wander around this this whole day nervous. Like, just give it to me now so I can get I can focus again. I guess. <laughs> um, punishment. I broke the law, Harry said, the decree for the restriction of underage wizardry. Oh, my dear boy, we're not going to punish you for a little thing like that, cried Fudge. It was an accident. We don't send people to Azkaban just for blowing up their aunts. Tell that to but Hagrid. This, but, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, true. But this didn't tally at all with Harry's past dealings with the Ministry of Magic, which is, that's true. He is smart. Yeah. I just don't like the what about my punishment. Maybe he could have worded it differently. He could have worded it differently. But I, I think, think that's why I was just him. like, hold up, bro, don't... <laughs> Because I think he was like, he was like, wait, you talking about like, where am I going to be until term starts? Like, yeah, that's am, true. Is, is like, is McGonagall going to tell me what my punishment is or, right. or like, what? what's going on? Um, last you know? year I got an official warning just because a house elf smashed up a pudding in my uncle's house. He told Fudge, the Ministry of Magic said I'd be expelled from Hogwarts if there's any more magic there. Unless Harry's eyes were deceiving him, Fudge was suddenly looking awkward. Um, circumstances change, Harry. We have to make, we have to take into account in the present climate. Surely you don't want to be expelled. Of course I don't, said Harry. Well, then what's all the fuss about? Now have a crumpet, Harry, while I go and see if Tom's got a room for you. Um, so Harry, like, stares after Fudge after he leaves. There was something extremely odd going on. Why had Fudge been waiting for him at the Leaky Cauldron if not to punish him for what he'd done? And now Harry came to think of it. Surely it wasn't usual for the Minister of Magic himself to get involved in matters of underage magic. Um, Yeah, so this is all, like, he's he's making some good, um, like, you know, what's it called? He's some good (sighs) observations. Thank you. Sorry, um, my brain. He learned from from his, hey, Tom, come on, help me. We gotta help get Jenny. Why do you have my wand, Tom? Come on. Exactly. He's, he's it's been a couple months. He's learning. He's learning. Um, um, he's putting on the pick God, that, 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 those couple pages are actually going to be painful. Um, um, room 11 free, Harry. I think you'll be very comfortable. Just one thing, and I'm sure you'll understand. I don't want you wandering off into Muggle London, all right? Keep to Diagon Alley, and you'll be back, and you're, you're to be back here before dark each night. Sure you'll understand. Tom will keep it, be keeping an eye on you for me. Okay, but why... Don't want to lose you again, do we? Said Fudge with a hearty laugh. No, no. Best we know where you are. I mean, well, I'll be off. Plenty to do, you know. Have you had any luck with Black yet? Um, so that's the whole thing. Is he's this whole time he's dancing around? Yeah. Serious and like I think yeah. in the next chapter, Arthur tells him, right? Yeah. And okay. Molly, I don't think Molly wants him to tell him. Oh, he overhears it. He does a lot of overhearing in this in this book, actually. Is it he overhears or does Arthur? I feel like he overhears them kind of fighting. In the Arthur movie, in the movie, he um. 
Oh, no, no, no. He overhears them. He overhears them. And then the next day, Arthur tells him anyway. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I already heard you guys. That's what yeah. happens. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so he's, like, dancing around the issue, which I feel like no one is going to be prepared if you don't tell them, like, what the issue is. That's what I'm saying about this entire so, book with, with Dumbledore and everything. It's so, like, I mean, yeah. And I think with Dumbledore, it is a little bit more complicated. Like, I think there are mo- instances, and I think that we've talked about this, but there are instances when he definitely should have said something. And there are other instances when he could have left Facebook it. Group. Yeah, we talked about the Facebook, Facebook group. But, group. like, <laughs> um, where there, there are instances where, like, I think the best choice in the moment was to leave it and not say anything. But it definitely should have been brought up later, or he should have just said it in that moment, depending on what it was. Um, this and is I, very I, clear. This is very clearly, like, especially because it's very, like, with Dumbledore, there's a lot of moving pieces to, like, the overall plot to defeat Voldemort. With this, it's very, like, cut and dry. I mean, obviously, you find out, like, Sirius isn't actually after Harry, but in their mind, it's very cut and dry. Sirius Black Escape, he's coming after Harry Potter. Maybe we should just tell Harry that this dude is coming after him. So at very at the very least, he takes things a little bit more seriously. Also Possibly though, because we find out that he actually does it and he just does his own Harry Potter shit anyway. But, but, but still. that's But then that's Harry's choice. Like, I'm one of the... I, that's what I, Yeah, exactly. I'm of the mind that you should always, like, give people as much information as possible. Because also, like, Fudge leaves with saying... Stick to Diagon Alley. Exactly. Be back after dark. And that's what I mean. Tom's it's very like, here are your like, rules, but it's like, but why? But also, it's like, there's a good chance that, I mean, it's not like Sirius Black isn't a wizard. He could be in Diagon Alley. If he is who you think he is, he had no problem, like, blowing up a whole street of muggles to get to the one wizard or just blowing up the street of muggles because he didn't like them, right? Because mm-hmm. what's going to, what about Diagon Alley? So, it's, so protective, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so keep your head on a swivel, and here's why you need to keep your head on a swivel. And like, we don't really know where he is, or we don't think he's in London, or whatever. Um, like all of those things, you can tell him to give him some peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But there is something to like people hold hiding things for from children to say it's for their own good, or they're not ready to take it, right. or whatever. When it's actually and, not. It's, like, to their detriment. Yes, and kids are way more resilient than people think that they are. And, I mean, we have been shown this time and time again, how Mm -hmm. resilient Harry is, especially. But, like, all of these children, um, anyone coming back after what happened in the Chamber of Secrets, like, they're resilient, they're, they're brave, like, and given, like, if you let them know what they're facing... Hopefully, they will make better decisions. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't let them know, then they don't know to make better decisions. And yeah, Harry does turn around and do what he does anyway, but then that, he does it with all of the knowledge that he has. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He does it knowing what the dangers might be and disregarding them, but at least he knows. <laughs> no, told that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, especially in this situation. And the other reason I think the Dumbledore situation is a little bit difficult is because. Right, and I think the other reason the Dumbledore situation is a little bit more difficult, like, as I said, there's a lot of moving pieces, but also Dumbledore doesn't know everything, too. So it's a little bit more, like, again, he makes mistakes, he needs to be held accountable for those mistakes, but I don't think it's, like, in terms of, like, comparing them, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, as no, it's liter- as this bread, literally, and it's super clear that he's, like, dancing around the issue in a way where you're like, dude, just spit it out. 
It's yeah. actually pretty. Especially then Harry asks about Sirius Black, which I'm curious if Harry, like, wonders if that's part of it. Because that's actually what, like, what he gets right at the thing that Fudge is trying to avoid. Um, yeah. So he but says, I'm curious um, if, like... Yeah. I think... I think he asked about Sirius Black because it's all, like, A, it's on the Muggle News, and then now he's heard, like, the, the full story of, or what he thinks is the full yeah, story. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I just think it's, like, an interesting, like, yeah. and that's that, the and moment then, that he chooses to ask. And Well, and I think also because, like, so it says, um, well, I'll be off, plenty to do. He picked up his pinstripe cloak. Um, so I feel like Harry is, Harry is obviously a very curious person. Mm-hmm. Um, some might say nosy. Some might say all up in some business that have nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. But that's who Harry is. Um, and so when he says, have you had any luck with Black yet? I think Harry's asking that because it seems like Fudge is saying, I gotta go because I have bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Which that bigger fish is obviously Black. Yeah. I don't think um, it's like, oh, does this have anything to do with me? I think to Harry, like Harry even like knowing getting on the night bus, like, saying he's Neville Longbottom, not saying he's Harry Potter. Like, he know he's now, he knows that there's, like, certain things that, attention that he gets and certain things that, like, are just because of who he is. Yeah. Um, and so I think he kind of has a, the assumption that, like, it's weird that the minister would be dealing with this, but also, like, I am and not Harry just, Potter. like... Yeah, um, and he doesn't want to like fully admit that to himself, but I think he but, like kind of knows like that has some, that has it plays into it, right? Yeah, like, um, yes, he has his own very own Potter pri- Potter privilege. Potter privilege, um, yeah. So, what's that? Oh, you've heard. Well, no, not yet, but it's only a matter of time. The Azkaban guards have never yet failed, and they're angrier than I've ever seen them. Fudge shuddered slightly, so I'll say goodbye. Um, so Harry gets an idea. Minister, can I ask you something? Certainly. Well, third years at Hogwarts are allowed to visit Hogsmeade, and my aunt and uncle didn't sign the permission form. Do you think you could? Fudge was looking uncomfortable. Ah, he said. No, no. I'm very sorry, Harry, but as I'm not your parent or guardian, but you're the minister of magic. If you could give, if you gave me permission. No, I'm sorry, Harry, but rules are rules. Since when? Um, right, since when? Because last, a couple of di- paragraphs ago, you were like, oh, well. Uh, no big yeah, deal. No big deal. Yeah, you blew up your aunt. Whatever. Uh, well. Um... Perhaps you'll be able to visit Hogsmeade next year. In fact, I think it's best if you don't. Yes. Well, I'll be off. Enjoy your stay, Harry. Um, and so then he leaves. Tom leads him up to his room. Um, and guess who's there? Hedwig Knowles Carter. I actually put an accent mark over the E. I love you. <laughs> like her mom's CA. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The snowy owl clicked her beak and fluttered down onto Harry's arm. Very smart owl you got there. Arrived about five minutes after you did. If there's anything you need, Mr. Potter, don't hesitate to ask. He gave another bow and left. Hedwig is just... Whew. Harry sat on his bed for a long time, absentmindedly stroking Hedwig. The sky outside was changing rapidly from deep velvety blue to cold, stilly gray, and then slowly to pink with... Pink to pink shot with gold. Harry could hardly believe that he'd left Privet Drive only a few hours ago, that he wasn't expelled, and that he was now facing three completely dursley free weeks. I've had a very weird night, Hedwig, he yawned, and without even removing his glasses, he slumped back onto his pillows and fell asleep. So, who's your MVP? I still don't know. I kind of want to, like, 
I think I kind of want to make it serious because... Oh, God, calm down. I think I want to make it serious just because we have, like, a really good conversation about him, and, um... He and was only he's actually the MVP. He was only actually in, like, the, like, physically in the chapter for, like, literally, like, two sentences, but, um... But he's obviously the MVP. But... Can I finish what I'm saying? Why are you even giving me the side eye when I just told you who my MVP was? Call me. I'm not giving you the side um, eye. I can't really see out of this eye right here because I don't know. I lost the contact. <laughs> but also, I'm just kind of confused about why this is well, the thought well, no. process. Well, because sometimes it's not. And I think that, like, I think that this one particularly, I think because when we think about his story and then actually what he did, he actually went through, um, it's interesting. Also, Harry didn't really do anything in this chapter, so then I don't feel right giving him MVP when he just kind of, like, took a bus. Yeah, he kind of was just going where the night led him, or the night bus led him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not that he was, like, bad. It's just he didn't do anything that made me like, you're the MVP, Harry. Whereas, like, we got very emotional about Sirius. So I feel like Sirius should win. Yeah, I mean, I think this this sets up the... I, obviously, Sirius is my um, MVP. I slash Harry, but I'm not going to, because, yeah, like you said, he just was there. Um, I slash Harry because Sirius wasn't really in the chapter, but he was But I think he was. He was I think, like, he physically wasn't in it, but I think that he, His like, story, was yeah. in. He was, yeah. His spirit so enveloped us, and it enveloped the chapter. <laughs> but I think the reason why I chose Sirius, besides the fact that he's seriously the best, um, is that... This really sets up the stakes of like everything that he is he has to fight against in this book, mm-hmm. and like and how in other books. and in other books, and how bad of a perception he has in the wizarding world. Like his reputation has been so shot off of things that like he didn't. He made some you know, poor choices, but none to like give him that reputation. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's, he's working through it and he's gone above and beyond and he's like, he's just, he's serious and he's serious and he's got us. Yeah. And I love him. Same. Um, who's benched? Fudge. Fudge. Um, Fudge is like, it, like I said, we were kind of caging around it when we were talking about it earlier. Fudge is the Dursleys to me. It's like if you're in the chapter, there's a good chance that you need to be benched. And I think his character is why. really interesting. Um, and the thing is, is like, I remember when I was reading um, Order of the Phoenix for the first time, I was surprised at Fudge's like reaction. Although maybe it be, maybe part of it, well, no. I think Fudge's, I think I was surprised at Fudge's reaction. Like, I guess it's like, the end of the end of Goblet of Fire and then Order of the Phoenix, mainly just because of like how he had been like the way he's portrayed here and even in the one before, he's like he's not like a mean dude, you know what I mean? No. And, and so as a very, and as a kid um, and as a kid, you know, you don't understand nuance as well. So then it was like, wow, he just turned straight up like he just went from being cool to not being cool. Yeah. Um, versus like reading it now and very clearly like his characterization is seated very early. And even though He's like on our side in quotes mm-hmm. in this moment. It's fine, but you can obviously see like the warning signs for things in the future. Um, and he should have told Harry about Sirius in that moment. Like that's important. Um, and he also, he's just really like it's, it's it's. I think also he is similar with the Dursleys in terms of like he's very he's way more concerned with appearance than like 
the actuality. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah, he wants to like look like he's doing a good job as opposed to actually doing a good job. Yeah. Um, and he's very And that's always the forefront of he his like, mind. It's not like, oh, yeah. I need to get this. It's not, and even with serious, it's like, it's not, oh, I need to get this mass murder off the streets. It's, oh, the ministry looks incompetent right now and we need to like fix this as quickly as possible because it's a PR issue and not a like safety issue. Safety issue, issue. yeah. And I think, too, like, he's very deferential. Like you said, like, his switch, right? He's very deferential to Dumbledore when it's clear that, like, Dumbledore's power and influence can help him maintain his position of power. Mm -hmm. Um, But as soon as, like, that's no longer useful to him, he turns, he does a complete 180. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all about appearance. It's all about... um, perception versus reality it's it's never really about the true safety and well-being of the magical world um as opposed to the safety and well-being of his position in the magical world mm-hmm. um and then it's one of my favorite things when he gets his comeuppance and he kind of like has a mea culpa to the muggle prime minister but um yeah, I just think, like, my entire thing with Fudge is, A, like, the constant, like, callbacks to Hagrid being in Azkaban, I'm still mad about it. Yeah, like, no, that was a problem. There's no tr- trial, there's no nothing. Same nothing. thing, and then you see that with Sirius, like, they scoop him up and they take him to Azkaban, and then this whole story gets, like, sent out and dispersed, and then grows with, like, time, and there's no correction, there's no fact checking, there's no digging deeper into why. There's no type of investigation. It's really like, this is what happened and that's it. And you, um, and you always see, like, there's that, if that's one thing, I don't know about, like, in actuality, but, like, at least in, like, law and order in the <laughs> muggle world, like, <laughs> they care, like, people care a lot about motive and why. Because, it, like I said, in that really bad analogy between, like, use of magic right like your intent matters and what even if serious cop to killing those people because he does think that he does he did that um why did he do it mm-hmm. what was the reasoning behind it like it's not oh and then i i have another like soft spot for like oh he's mad and that's a reason and that's dismissive because it's also very terrible for people that do suffer with mental illness and are like you know neville's parents for example instance you know like there's there, it just is very simple to say he's crazy so he kills and that's mm-hmm. not true and most right. quote unquote crazy people don't kill you know um but it's like so much more going on and yeah. there's no like and as minister of magic though like even if you think that Voldemort is dead you would want to be thinking about like how do we prevent another Voldemort Mm-hmm. How do we understand like what his followers saw in him? Like, because blood status is a thing; it's deeply embedded into the magical world. But there are plenty of people like the Zabinis who care about blood status, but don't turn into Death Eaters. Right? Mm-hmm. The world is not split between good people and Death Eaters. So, why? What made you become that extreme? Mm-hmm. Like even just answering that question, you would kind of be doing your job. So no, just a little bit. Fudge, sit, and put on one color. Yeah, you need to go see Stacy London. 
Um, have her fix your 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 wardrobe. Go have her fix your and, wardrobe. And then go to Yama and have her fix your life, and then hang out. They just they just need to do. He needs chill. Some, he needs some stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing Chapter 4 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Leaky Cauldron. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Um, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag Wizard Team on Facebook, our Wizard Team Facebook group, hit us up for that invite. You can also, if you're not on Twitter, you can um, comment on our Facebook page when the uh, show goes up who you think is MVP and who is bench. Mm-hmm. If you are like completely off the grid and you just like listen to these on your commute or whatever and you email us, we black and nerds at gmail.com, you can let us know there who your MVP is um, and who's bench. We collect all of these votes. This is interactive, your vote counts. And at the end of the book, we will announce who is the MVP for the book and who is benched for the book. Um, and if you're someone like Marge, you're just cut from the team. You're ejected from the game. We don't want to see you again. Bye. Girl, bye. <laughs> um, so, yes, our website is blackgirlsnerdout.com. Twitter, at WeBlackAndNerds. Um, Bayana sounded Yana underscore Hollows, like Deathly. I am Robin underscore Ravenclaw, um, like what I am. I don't know. Like, like Rowena. Um, Facebook Black Girls Nerd Out like our page we are on Instagram and Tumblr as Black Girls Nerd Out I think I got everything buy our, buy our merch guys yeah buy the merch um, we trying to glow up glow up with us it's real cute it is cute I'm really Show excited everyone I actually part of the buy team. mine too um, come on Bariana well I just got paid actually so that's why okay. I was waiting um, which hey if y'all just got paid it's payday well, it's not and anymore. It's a little bit past payday. But, you know, ball out. Get you a shirt. Ball out of control. You know? Ball out of control a little bit. The shirt's Moderately. Not, like, moderately. Don't, don't do too much. But, yeah. you know. Buy, but make buy sure, a Wizard Team shirt. Make sure the Wizard Team shirt is one of the first things you buy. We advocate for, like, responsible um, balling out. spending. Yeah, responsible balling out. Balling out in moderation. <laughs> I don't know if we advocate for responsible balling, spending. Balling in. Yeah, not really. <laughs> balling in. That's the two girls going to London. Right, with, with like, no plan. Ooh, no logistics at all. <laughs> um, it's still happening, though. Ooh, it's we're gonna happening. We're going to get there. We're going to um, get there. And we're going to um, tell you guys all about it. So we will see you next week um, for the Leaky Cauldron. And then the more, just more Wizarding World, man. This more is awesome. Hedwig Mills Carter, maybe? More Hedwig, maybe. Yeah. You know? We have, right. everyone now has to spell Hedwig with an accent mark over the E. The e. That's a new Wizard Team canon. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye.